Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we have our second mini episode of our mini series, The Line. So Phil, do you remember about Sergeant Beetroot? Yeah, of course. How could I ever forget Sergeant Beetroot? Um, I mean, there's there's so many there's so many wonderful stories of uh, this very special restaurant where where you and I met. Um, it's, uh, maybe we should introduce the restaurant a little bit. Um, yeah, the chef was this guy. Let's call him Pierre Brandenburg. And he was a, actually a, a really good chef, but a very bad leader and a very bad manager. And it's one of the places where I lived with some of the most fucked up stories in the kitchen. I mean, yeah, it was a really strange time at this restaurant. I mean, we both spent a really long time there. That's obviously where we met. It, it was a really inspiring restaurant it did very very good food and it had for me personally it had a very special dynamic a, a very small team um, a lot of the time and and just a really really strange atmosphere i mean in a good way and in a bad way also but yeah a lot of the stories that i think about today still come from come from that restaurant yeah i mean we also have to say that how many hours would we work there sometimes 16 hours a day you know like crazy oh, easily yeah yeah and yeah. uh if i think ba back uh, about it there was no reason to do that you know we were working as many hours just for evening service there was no lunch which is fucked up i mean uh crazy. it's just bad organization that there is no excuse you know you should Absolutely. organize a kitchen in a way that you don't need to do that this guy would put so much pressure he would be there most of the time it's not not like klaus this is a, a guy who he also had many things that that i respect very much for instance on, on the well there, there was this story with the chimpanzees you remember that story yeah of course i remember <laughs> well story goes like this uh middle of service and then uh, like a complete rank of waiters takes a table of 10 which was completely ready plated warm plates everything perfect and they bring it to the wrong table and this guy goes completely out of his mind completely crazy starts screaming like you all fucking waiters are illiterates you're chimps chimps with ties <laughs> <laughs> And he goes completely crazy and he wouldn't stop. He would go like, and you, you're also a fucking idiot, only to the service staff. And I remember he would turn back and I was on the on the hotline at the moment and he would talk completely nice to me. Like, okay, we go with table four. Are you ready? Okay. You fucking idiots. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, he was such an eccentric guy. He was like, uh, like he would, I, I feel like he did it on purpose a lot of the time. He was just like, he he was just letting himself go, you know, and it's sort of like playing his character, playing his character, hundred percent. And like so many times, you know, because you could hear him from the dining room, um, it was like a thing, like oh, this like old school famous chef that is shouting at people, you know. Yeah, and I remember he would like when there were tables that would uh, like ask stuff like. You shouldn't ask, like, in a restaurant of that level, like, could you please cook my pigeon a little bit more? Or these kind of things. He would, like, open the door of the dining room, and I've heard him saying, fucking Italians, fucking Austrians, fucking this, fucking that, all kinds of nationalities. And one day, one day, there was this table with 
the malls, annoying table. They, they wanted everything different. And could you do this? And could you do that? And then I see him and he wouldn't say not a single word, nothing. And then I, I ask, like, what, what, what's going on? Like, why, why is he not insulting the clients? What's wrong? And apparently these were Jewish or Israelis. And, of course, you don't want to get in that kind of trouble in Germany, in, in Berlin. That's not something, you, I mean, you can go to jail, like, in next day, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, well, going back to the story, the chimp story, where he called all the waiters chimpanzees and these kind of things, then the, the matter, he would bully him so much, like, oh, you fucking fat faggot. And this was such a high-level professional. I think it's one of the best matters I've seen in my life. I went to eat to the restaurant once, and I was really impressed by, by his way of, of leading the, the dining room. And he would just... Yeah humiliate him in front of everyone for no reason and and Absolutely. Yeah. and for for no professional reason you know like you don't call someone a fucking fat faggot for for no reason period well anyways like he insulted everyone this was i remember probably a saturday because then we had weekend sunday monday i think and perhaps we had sunday monday night service and like 10 people quit that day and i remember that because it was the the hardest day in my career was that monday evening because the service that we would normally deliver 12 people we were only four so luckily we had a super good sous chef let's call him fritz fritz super german guy was a super good sous chef and he organized the kitchen we had to rewrite the whole menu to make it work for the capacities that we had so and and we pulled it off uh we delivered a good service so in the middle of service the chef comes in and he sees the whole situation that everybody quit that is just four of us that we're we've been working there all day and and that's something i respect that, that what he did at that point he went into the dishwashing station and did the dishes for the whole service and that's something, I mean, this guy, I, I wouldn't say I respect him, but there were things that he did that, like this one that, that are respectable. No, definitely. I mean, he was, um, he, had, he definitely had his qualities for sure. I mean, like I, you know, I don't think um, super highly of him. He did a lot of things that were really fucked up and, you know, he was very racist. He was very abusive, but um, every now and again, he came through with things where you where you were sort of like, all right, you know, you're doing as a solid. So going back to Sergeant Beedroot, man, this guy, I hated him so much. He was so nasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this guy, he, he had these things uh, that are so wrong from someone working in, in a competitive environment, you know, like being all friendly and flattering with the chef and telling his personal things and, and telling him he's so nice and, and this and that, and then being an asshole with, with his co-workers, blaming everybody for everything, uh, ha having a super bad tone, using a lot of irony, a lot of sarcasm. Man, he was so annoying. But this guy... He was super toxic, yeah. Yeah, but uh, he developed this dessert that actually was a pretty good dessert. Mm. I remember that we... we 
after he left, we we continued to to uh, develop that dessert, uh, which was a beetroot dessert with um, a sheep yogurt and lime panna cotta. Then it had la- like a, a a crumble of cocoa and and hazelnuts, and then beetroot in many different forms like a sorbet and ice cream. Bizarre sauces, pickled, uh, and then it also had the crispy elements of the beetroot and, and the beetroot leaves. The leaves, yeah, yeah, like all all the the parts of the beetroot. But it was like re- it was a, like a really hard dessert to 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 prepare to have everything in in place. And and he was leading the the station at the moment, and and the guy would go crazy about it. Uh, he, I remember he was <laughs> full of beetroot all the time. Like his chef's jacket was dirty all the time. He would like lick. His... He was such a filthy guy. He was such a filthy guy. I mean, like he was he was a little bit chubby, right? He had like a very round, puffy face. And he would he he was always kind of dirty, and he would always I remember him very very well because he would always kind of just like walk around and just like pick at things and just shove them in his mouth. And I remember that he was like whenever you were prepping something, he would just like come by and just kind of start talking to you and just like start eating whatever you're doing. And I remember at one point I was dicing butter, and he was like stopped next to me, and he was kind of like you know with his dirty dirty chef whites. And he was just kind of talking to me, then absentmindedly just started like putting cubes of butter in his mouth. And I turned around to him and I was sort of like, are you eating cold butter? And he was like, yeah, why? <laughs> and then just like walked off. He was, yeah, there was just something about him that was just kind of grimy. Yeah. And, and then he had this thing. He, he was like a fanatic, right? He would like, yeah, and uh, we do this because we are, we're so passionate, like, like really exaggerated, really like you, you felt it wasn't honest. He was just like also playing yeah. his, his character. And then exactly. from one day to the next was the opposite. You know, one day he's telling you, play, playing the, this fantastic role of the passionate chef. And the next day he was like, oh, this, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what, what I'm doing here. This is so, so shitty. I hate everything. This, this doesn't matter, like these dishes and everything. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Why don't you just fuck off? And he did. He he quit. And and I, I was like, okay, this is payback moment. So he was he had like a a week before leaving and for that week i remember having like like a a big pot in the fridge and i would put every beetroot related thing to that pot rest of sauces uh, beetroot stalks uh, pieces of beetroot whatever i found like for the whole week i I think we have to like note that for people who don't know that there is a tradition in kitchens that when somebody leaves that you I mean, how would you call it? I mean, like, um, if somebody leaves, then, like, on their last day, they get a lot of sort of, like, random shit dumped on them. Yeah, and there are places where you just get a bucket of cold water, and there are other places where people get really crazy about it and use, like, rotten fish stock or stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen horrible things happen, yeah. Definitely, I've seen rotten fish guts that have been left outside for seven days and... Yeah, I've definitely seen horrible things. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, my my action wasn't uh, 
as, as crazy as that. But the funny thing is that he wasn't expecting it. So it was his his, yeah. last, his last day. I I remember this guy Fritz, the sous chef. I asked him for permission to do this. Like, can I dump like ten liters of beetroot stock uh, <laughs> on the head of this guy? <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you remember how it happened? Uh, it was amazing because, um, uh, yeah. So so Fritz, um, he he was a he was a very strict and very disciplined guy, and uh, and so when you asked him for permission, you know, you could really sort of like see it in his face how he was kind of like thinking about the situation. He was like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, let's do it. And then he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you the sign when the air is clear. So basically, when chef has left, he's going to the office, and it's your cue to get the stuff and to dump it on this guy. And so service finishes, and we're kind of like finishing off. And he just, he just like, Sergeant Beatwood just <laughs> finished cleaning his station, like the last millimeter of his station. Exactly, yeah. And Fritz kind of goes like, Eric! <laughs> and everybody's kind of like looks at him, and he's like, that was the sign. <laughs> so I went to the fridge. I went to the fridge. I take my pot of 10 liters of beetroot juice and stock and stuff and i which was ice cold by the way <laughs> and i pour it on top of his head and the guy goes like <gasps> and he turns around and he sees me and he he wasn't expecting it at all <laughs> he wasn't happy either yeah he was not happy and I mean, like, I mean, you have to say that, like, <laughs> that these sorts of things, you know, it's like, if you're really an asshole, if nobody likes you, nobody's going to do this shit to you, really. Everybody just wants you to leave and get the fuck out of the restaurant, right? This is like a little bit of like a rite of passage, you know? Like, this is not something horrible that you do to, like, make somebody feel shit about leaving. I mean, this is kind of like a little bit of a sympathy thing, you know? But he took it really, really badly. I remember his face going as red as his jacket was. I mean, basically, his, his chef jacket was ruined. I mean, beetroot, you could... No, and you know what the guy did? The, the, like, his last move, like, uh, in revenge for this, he stole some of my jackets and aprons after that. And he took them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, well, the, the, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, this is a, the kind of person we were talking about. Do you remember that there was this guy that he had like, like a notebook and he would write down the insults that the chef would say? Because sometimes there were, in a very sick way, quite creative. <laughs> and he would... Yeah, they would... <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Um, it was, uh, it, I, I guess it's kind of like a coping mechanism not <laughs> to write these things down. But yeah, I remember, like, I remember a couple of things. I, I definitely very much remember um, that uh, in service one time he's, he said to me, um, he was like, oh, I'm going to cut you into little pieces and put you in a parcel and send you send you back to Spain to your mom. Yeah, and you remember to this to this Turkish guy? He said the same, but uh, I'm going to put you in a, in a fucking kebab and cut you like a donor and send it to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. also remember one time, like, I, I, I don't know what happened, but it was just before uh, we were supposed to have like a cooking course in the restaurant. 
And um, in, in, as you remember, like in the walk-in fridge, in the meat walking fridge, we would have whole birds hanging sort of like guinea fowl and breast chicken and whole ducks and all that sort of stuff. And I can't remember what I did, but um, he, he turned around and he said to me, he was sort of like, I'm going to string you up and I'm going to put you on a hook and I'm going to hang you from the pass like a breast chicken. And so when these guys come in, you're just hanging there for everybody to look at you. Do you remember this other guy who was like a punk rocker guy who lived like in a squat house that uh, I remember this guy cooked really well. And you could tell that by the way he cooked staff meal, which is always a, a good indicator of how good a chef is. And I remember yeah. his staff meal was delicious. But the way he degraded from the moment he started and then the chef started bullying him until the very end, like, and he would tell things like, uh, how was it? He, like, I'm going to make you kill yourself on your way home to jump off a bridge and stuff like that, you know? Like, oh, how- yeah, I remember that. And he was like, you don't think I can do it? I can, I can do things to you psychologically that make you jump off a bridge. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, he said, like, I can do things to you psycho- psychologically that are not yet written. <laughs> I what, what a freak, man. Yeah, I remember that guy really well, actually. Um, he started he started limping, like, on his third month. And, um, and then he, like, started limping and saying he was having a problem, and then he would just not show up anymore. And you remember the mantra of this chef was whoever can take it, just leave. Whoever does not want motivation, you can leave. I, I'm not here to motivate anybody. And I just want the strongest to stay here with me. And he would say that every second day. Yeah. I'm surprised actually how long we stayed there. Yeah, we stayed very long, I remember. And we both left without ending our compromises. So the the reason I finished, and actually this is one of the most hardcore stories I lived in a kitchen, and you were next to me. There was this event, um, I, I would say uh, it was mainly for bad organization that many things went wrong in this event. An organization always comes from above, from management. And there yeah. were like these tartlets that uh, weren't good enough to deliver. And, but I, I remember I was at that point, I was completely sick of that place and completely demotivated. Uh, I mean, I, I've been working there for, for a long while and so many hours every day. I was just about to take vacations and then this event happens and this thing happened. And so the guy comes to me and you were like half meter next to me and and he gives me this look that when I've described this look to, to friends, it was like, like laughing, but like in a very crazy maniac way, like a laugh that somebody completely lost his control. And I, I did the mimic of this face to, to, to a friend and he told me, yeah, people that have that face are about to do something really crazy. And that's exactly what happened. He takes the tartlets, uh, like, like this small cakes with, with like a crust on on bottom and he throws me one and the first one flies over my shoulder and I'm completely in shock like I, I don't understand what's going on 
uh, it felt like a movie, like not real. Like this is what happens when, when you're in a shock situation. Then the next startlet goes directly to my forehead, blah, and it starts <laughs> crumbling down with the sauce and everything. And the next one to my shoulder, his wife was next to him and started screaming like, Pierre, Pierre, what are you doing? And, the, and another tartlet and another tartlet. And I, I would just stand there. I remember in my head what, what was happening was I can't quit because I'm taking vacations for like three weeks. And, and if I take vacations, I need to have a job when I come back. So I, I just need to take this shit and, and whatever happens next, uh, whatever, you know? Uh, and that's what I did. I took vacations and when I came back, uh, I quit. And I remember the day I quit, the guy was like, but come on, Eric, really? Like, no, but I mean, uh, uh, I want you to to grow in this company. We're like friends. We're like a family. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... I, I think it's probably the, the moment that I best remember from my time in that restaurant. Um, because it was, it was really, it was really terrible. I mean, um, like something, he wasn't happy with something. And I, I remember us being in, in the pastry section, the pastry section was a very narrow sort of pathway, you know, and I was in between you guys. And so I, I kind of like, stood against the wall and so um these like tartars were kind of like flying past me towards you and i remember him um just shouting at you sort of like it started off like very calmly he was like <laughs> no that the, the, what you're just about to say is what happened next week you remember what do you mean are you are, are you going for the duash that was the same day, no? No, 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 no. This is what happened. So next week, uh, so I, I remember at that time, we would usually, I think we were taking the same subway. So we would always, after work, like have a beer and talk and decompress yeah. the whole service and work stuff. And and I remember like next, like the week afterwards, and and that was kind of like I felt it also like a like a revenge or like a comeback because I was supposed to take like, like uh, a, a utensil that that uh, was at the chef's station he was cooking uh, also in the middle of service so I walk past him and I, I feel like that I touch him so I turn around and I see him <laughs> and the guy was completely full <laughs> of hot sauce. <laughs> he just, you know, his face, his neck, everything full of hot sauce. I, I turn around and I look him and I was like, okay, here it goes. So I went back to my station and I remember he saying, <laughs> you better deliver a perfect service or I will skin you off and send your skin to your parents in Venezuela or wherever the fuck they live. I remember <laughs> I delivered a perfect service that day. Uh, but he wouldn't stop. He was like, you asshole, you asshole, 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 asshole. And he would go up and down, you know. And this lasted like, how long? Like for three hours at least? Like he wouldn't stop. Well, during service, yeah, yeah. The whole service. 
because of his pride, you know, he like he couldn't take it. I mean, it's like an easy mistake. I mean, you turned around, he ran into you, or you ran into him, or like whatever. And he had, I mean, all that happened was that he had some sauce splattered on his white chef whites and his face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what well, what a miserable man! He's all day angry, locked up in a kitchen he built for himself. He has no loyalty from his team, no team. And, well, just a few years later, he, he closed the restaurant. Yeah, like two years later, I think. Um, and, I mean, yeah, no loyalty from his team, always burning out his chefs. I mean, the thing that he was so proud of, this restaurant was very vegetable heavy. It was very vegetable focused. It had a big garden that grew all its own produce. And so the entremetier, the garnish and vegetable section, was very intense. And he was proud of the fact that that section was so hard that people would just burn out and leave. Like that guy that we talked about would just start limping. And I mean, there were so many times where it was just sort of like you, Fritz, the sous chef that we were talking about, and like three apprentices running yeah. a Michelin star, Michelin star restaurant. That's it. Two trained chefs and three apprentices. And then this this guy shouting at everybody, expecting everybody to deliver. Yeah, and I mean, um, he doesn't have anything nowadays. I mean, he's doing whatever he's doing, uh, but he's not la like uh, an important chef anymore at all. And and that really goes to show, right? It's like he wa he was a very good cook, and he was very creative. He had really really good ideas. But no that question. goes to show how how. Um, you know, that's not the only thing that's important, you know, uh, being a, a business owner and being a leader and a manager, you know, is, is um, there's so much to it and doing it in a really good way in the way that lasts and that is actually productive where people take something away from it, you know, that's, um, that takes a lot of skill in a very, very different way. And he had none of that. Yeah.